Hey guys, welcome back to Two Guys and Hockey Talk. It is season four, episode 36, brother. 36. Hard to believe that uh, we are only, what, about four? How many weeks do we got left in our season? We got about seven, eight well, more weeks. Three to, three, three to four left, yeah. With, with the, I mean, with the way that the, the uh, conference finals are going for the East and the West, it may be pretty over pretty quick with both of those series so well yeah that'll be over but but our season's not over until free agency we always wrap up after free agency for the summer that's true so we do have a bit of time still but there's still a few more episodes and quite a bit of hockey news to go around but uh remember let's do it night we are here at 7 p.m mountain standard time give us a follow at facebook twitter you can follow Evan at Revenev. You can follow me at Hockey underscore two. Or you can check out our YouTube page. We'd love to see you guys. If you like what you're seeing here, see our content on YouTube. Uh, make sure that you guys also give Sport Empire a follow. They are wonderful. They are partners. They have cover all things sports. Um, NBA, NFL, MLB. Lots going on. You know, the Jays winning 25 to 1 versus the Rays. You know, the Lakers <laughs> being uh, swept. Lots going on. Kyle, Freddie, and the team there—they got you covered. Go ahead, Evan. Well, I—I—I I, I, I like my girl, uh, Key, man. She is a Flyer fan. Flyer Ooh, fan. So yeah. Key, I like to put a shout out to Key. Of course, I mostly work with Key in uh, dealing with the tech stuff, so they do a wonderful job. And don't forget, Sports Empire Network also talks about wrestling. So you know, whether you're talking Lay a Smackdown, you want to see it raw with the WWE. Or if you want to go and blow up the dynamite on AEW. By the way, I am going to an AEW. So I got to talk with the guys. And uh, maybe they want something live. I don't know. We'll see uh, that I can do right from the arena for a double recording of live dynamite. Plus a pre-recorded Rampage show. A double show at Rogers Place right here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I also like to make a mention to JR Web Designs, who developed our new website that we have now up in place. Folks, get in there. You'll notice that there are sections. We You can read all about us a little bit so you can know. We have media platforms. By the way, we are also on Spotify through the Sports Empire. We've been doing quite good on there. So if that's someone, you're someone who loves just listening to the podcast through Spotify, or you can find us on Amazon. I haven't got that updated yet, or any of the other locations. Check out all of our former guests that we do have on the show. You're able to uh, go in and check out our blogs. We have our blogs. So I just got one up uh, yesterday morning. 
Pavel's got another one up. You want to go in and read and also check us out on the social media. So in our, uh, by the way, when we have our former guests, we give you all the information on them, plus a link to the podcast, uh, just because it's really hard to get into unless you go to our specific podcast page. And Hey, a big shout out for Penny Billionaires, uh, our live, the, the song, our exclusive song that we have at Two Guys in Hockey Talk. Thanks for the rights that we've been given uh, over to Penny Billionaires, electronic hard rock band guys out of Arizona, out of Phoenix, Arizona. These two guys are phenomenal. So if you ever get a chance, definitely give them a follow as well. I got, to, right. I got to listen to a bit of the album at work. It's phenomenal. Give it a, uh, give it a listen if you guys want. It's on Spotify as well. Uh, those guys make pretty, pretty amazing music. So shout out to Petty, petty Billionaires, right? Although I got to be Woo-hoo. honest, I don't think I'd want to be a Penny Billionaire because you'd be counting a lot of pennies. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the idea. We're billionaires, but only by pennies, right? You know, so man, we have a loaded and a jack show for you. Um, I, I was looking at bringing a couple guests in. It didn't work. Um the one thing I wanted to talk about today that uh, we'll see for time, I'll put it at the end a little bit later. But anyway, so next week, uh, Pavel doesn't even know this. I've already got it set up. We have a guest who's going to be on just for a quick 15, 20 minute hit next Wednesday. He was on early in the season, but we want to get an update from right from Flyers Nitty Gritty from Jamie Bascow. So he's going to be Ooh. back with us here next week on the show to talk Flyers and what's happening. Because let's face it, uh, a lot of our information, man, comes from Jamie Vascoe and the team of Flyers Nitty Gritty, journalists, accredited uh, group of people that follow everything around Flyers and all the hockey that's happening in the area. I'm sure sure he's kicking himself in the boots seeing Bobrovsky, who the Flyers picked uh, years ago, do as well as he does in the series right now, who potentially could sweep. Uh, so hey, the, can we talk? Can, can we talk about that right now? Yeah. Like okay, okay. So so okay. So everybody, uh, hey, let me get into the comments here. Uh, who do we got here? Uh, Matt, hey, Florida tonight win series. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Hmm. Not. I, you know, I could see that man. And Zilstra tonight, the lost trucker is calling in. Why listening in from Kamloops tonight, man? Hey, Zil, thanks for joining in here. Um. Hey, there you go, Key. I gave you a heads up there, man. What's up, Key? Woo, there's Kyle. Guys, you may not have been on at the beginning, but we were giving you a shout-out nice and early, and we're giving you another. Guys, get over to Sports Empire Network. I got to say, Kyle, you were able to get on to the other podcast on Sunday for the Lakers talk versus the Nuggets, and you can't get on to ours. Well, maybe I got to do a better job of setting things up here, man. I got no, so, so, I've, I've enjoyed being part of his chomping at the bit uh, podcast. Go ahead. Hey, so, uh, and a quick mention. So key, um, let, let's touch base this week. Next week, I have uh, Jamie Basco coming back on from the Philadelphia Flyers for a 15, 20 minute hit. Uh, love to get you on and maybe uh, just as a quick follow up after that to talk around the Flyers. So let's connect this week, guys. All right, man. Uh, yeah, I know they still stink. Uh, okay, Key had to get that in. They still stink. But we want to talk. Can we go into this goalie thing really quick about Bobrovsky? Sure. So on Twitter, so you guys can follow me at Revenev if you want to get into some different. Listen, um, I'll be respectful to a point. Some of you, some some of you that send me uh, different stuff, I try really hard not not to be, I guess, to return the arrogance that people have sometimes. You know, when you come on, and one of the things is uh, now what I'm going to talk about isn't it, but one of the things is around the whole 
Jamie Ben, which we're going to talk about later here, obviously. I already know that my co-host wants to talk about Jamie Ben and the hit and the suspension and everything coming around here tonight. So uh, let me hit on Bobrovsky. So Jamie Basco brought this up. We'll touch in with him next week more. But he says, man, they let a good one go in Bobrovsky. Then I had some comments. I was told not to eat them up here tonight because I said I'm going to talk about it on the show. Uh, they said, don't eat me up, like, don't, like, don't talk bad on me. Uh, but they're, what they're saying is, NHL, you're not a great goalie. The great goalies won Stanley Cups. So the great goalies won Stanley Cups. So if Bobrovsky falls short because they don't call Bobrovsky a great goalie. Interesting. Two Vesna trophies. I say, I call BS on that. I yeah. think that... Great goalies do not mean you won the Stanley Cup. Here's the argument, and then then we will we'll banter back and forth on it. So the first thing to say is, do great centers win the Stanley Cup? So can you be a center who never won a Stanley Cup? Can you be a great forward player? Can you be a great defenseman? I mean, you got to be able to look at that, and then because uh, you can't say goalies are different when it comes to calling them great. And then what about your team? What if you don't have a successful team that is played so that's really i think my bigger question around that kind of thing um and so i, I guess if we look at it pavel let let me just name a few goalies who i oh, consider I two already of mine okay okay before i get into that you, i've been i've been chatting name some goalies who you think are great goalies that you think you could win the stanley cup with that are not a stanley cup winner two names quickly come to mind and i'm sure everyone will agree carrie price and harry king lundquist Right there. Okay. Both excellent goalies. Both have been voted, uh, you know, in in those polls that NHL players do. Like, if you wanted in a game seven the best goaltender, oftentimes if he wasn't number one, he was in top three, Carey Price. Cujo, yeah. Curtis Joseph, a little bit older. I'm just talking about more recently retired. Henrik Lundqvist, one of the best international goalies ever. I do want to mention – I'm talking when you're talking here right now for our sake of our discussion, we're talking okay. just all time, right? Okay. Okay. So anyway, so Carey Price is one. Yeah. Henry Klonquist is another. Okay. Uh, Kudrow is definitely up there. Um, can can I bring out, because there's a run, this could be the second trip to the Stanley Cup final for the Florida Panthers. Can I bring up who was in the first Stanley Cup finals, but never won and who was a former New York Ranger? The great Beezer, John Van Beesbrook. Oh, yes. I, w- I would have taken that guy on my team any year. Um, let me throw another one out to you. Would you seriously think you cannot win a Stanley Cup if you have the right team with Mika Kippersoff? Like, come oh, 100%. on. Yeah. <laughs> um, let, let's go another great that a lot of people maybe didn't like. Um, he was considered a great leader that they gave him the captaincy. If you're a Vancouver Canuck or a Florida Robert Panther as Rondo. well. Exactly. Those he may, are he guys. May now win a cup, though, or a, a ring, Stanley Cup ring. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, ex- exactly, and it's so true, isn't it? You know, when you start going through some of these guys and seeing some of the the numbers that these guys pull in, I mean, it's amazing to be able to see. Um, so, anyway, I mean, these are just some players I think that we mentioned right now that yeah. were great players, and so to say. No, now, this is this is my thing, and we talked about this in goaltending. Say percentage. If you are like Bobrovsky is, like in almost at a 940 save percentage, he's in the, the low 30s and mid-30s. Uh, tonight, he could be over 940. Who knows? 
But if you can play at that level, I'm shocked if your team doesn't win the Stanley Cup. I mean, an example of a team that didn't get there was Shesterkin, right? When they made their run last year, um, his play was phenomenal. He was the reason they won, though. He literally was the reason. Right now, Florida, how many games did you say that Bobrovsky has stolen in these playoffs? Quite a few, probably about six or seven. And not just versus... uh, uh, versus yeah, Carolina, the, yeah, but Toronto. In, in the playoffs. Even. Yeah. And the thing is, if you compare Carolina to Toronto, like even those those two series, because Boston is a beast of its own. Um, yeah, Dominic Koshik is another one. I was uh, uh, but but let's just say, Dom, you're right, Zilstra. Hasek did win with the Detroit Red Wings, though won the Stanley Cup um, one year, but that was not Hasek's best year. That was playing on a dominant team that made Chris Osgood a Stanley Cup. And so if we say great, now would anyone say Chris Osgood should actually be considered a great goaltender? Uh, because he won a Stanley Cup. So just because you win a Stanley Cup, then that means you're a great, like, so the measuring stick, I think we got to be careful how we put that into place uh, when it comes to goalies. But let's just say right now, uh, and you you posted an article, uh, guys, you can go over to our website, twoguysinhockeytalk.com. Uh, right there uh, on our blog, a post went up earlier today. Just some updates and some another, specifics another, about another goal that you could talk about who who didn't make it. And I'm going to get back to my other topic because we're on tangent. Is Kelly Rudy okay, let's do it. Panel, an elite goalie? He was solid. He put up good numbers and never won a Stanley Cup, right? But Sergey yeah. Bobrovsky has been playing elite. Uh, he could potentially win the Stanley Cup. He is most likely the Gaunt's my favorite next to Matthew Kachuk right now if they go to the final. Uh, depending on who they face, whether it is most likely Vegas or, uh, you know, if Dallas pulls it out. But, you know, you need elite goaltending, and he has played unreal. And even though Toronto had more high-danger chances against them, he still made the stops. Carolina, not so much. Carolina has always struggled with scoring. They're missing Pacioretty. They finally got Timo Teravainen back in the game. He's been playing. It's been good. But, of course, being away for so long, it's tough to get into the rhythm of things. And you need your secondary guys. And a lot of their scoring came from their defensive guys, the Brett Burns, um, the Brett Pesci's, the Shane Goss's Bears, Ghost. That's why he was brought in as a power play specialist. Yeah. But they're not putting up points. And Bobrovsky, I think one game he had a 972 or 982 save percentage in game two or three versus the Panthers. Yeah. With those kind of numbers, you're, you're stealing a game. You are just stealing it and you've got it. And to think that after that long overtime they had in game one, that they were going to put Alex Lyon back in to rest Bobrovsky? Nope. Yeah. He came right back in and won game two. So yeah. there oh. you go. Uh, absolutely. Okay, so there was something you wanted to get to next. Well, there's quite a few things I want to get to next, but do you want to talk about the James Ben uh, uh, hit? And, uh, sure, sure. Let's yeah, get let's get that. on so, that. So Dallas is now on the brink of elimination. Um, Jamie Ben, who has had a history of uh, playing some very questionable, possibly some people would say dirty hits, um, kind of took down Stone in a seamlessly neutral play in the neutral ice. No problem there. But then he followed through with his stick, which kind of graced either between his neck and or his like chin slash bottom face. Um, and so you wonder... You know, was that intentional? Was it not? He did have a hearing today. He did get two games suspended. So, you know, if Dallas does compete, he won't be able to come back until at least game six. Um, so we'll see if that, that can happen. But that's a big loss. Okay. He didn't speak to the media after the game yesterday. And when he spoke today, 
Um, you know, he made some, you know, questionable comments, especially given the captain. Usually as a captain, you're a leader and you got to come out and speak. He didn't really do that yesterday, which I don't agree with. His teammates had to come out and, you know, say the typical banter, which of course they're going to stand up for him. But then to say that, you know, it was an emotion of the game and that his stick kind of fell through and injured Stone, I, I question it. I thought it was a dirty play. I didn't like it. I get two two games. I thought it was going to be three, given what Michael Bunting got. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's unnecessary. Now, his history, he did a similar play with Dylan Larkin of the Detroit Red Wings. And I don't know if you remember, Evan, uh, a few years back, I think it was two years ago or last year uh, versus the Oilers, there was a bit of a scrum. And him and Hyman were standing behind on the blue line. And, you know, they were just chatting until he knocked down Hyman's stick. And Hyman's like, come on. And then he went after Hyman and started knocking him down. So just a very greasy player. You know, I know he plays on the edge, but you're a captain, you're a leader. That's uncalled for. And I did not like that call. I'm okay with two-game suspension. I expected a bit more, of course, inconsistency, as always, with DOPS. But... I didn't like it. What are your thoughts? Um, well, I, I was, I have no problem. I think uh, it could have been a three game suspension easily um, just with the afterwards. What I don't like is the fact of not taking responsibility for your actions saying it was the heat of the moment and I totally lost it and it was inappropriate. Right. You know what? And uh, I made a play that was not safe for another player. That's what he should have said. Um, so today I take to Twitter because I'm having a little bit of an issue here with a one-game suspension for Alex Petrangelo and a two-game suspension for Ben. Um, I th- Now, here's the thing. Now, I need your guys' take on this because I'm being told I have Oilers rose-colored glasses on, um, no. and I'm looking at the Alex Petrangelo uh, and saying, now, you got to remember, he comes from 20 feet away to Leon Drysaddle with a tomahawk with his stick. No. Never was intended on the game. I get cross checks. I get laying on people because that's in the the hustle of the game. It's it's on sportsmen. It's wrong. It's violent. But taking a stick in the air like you're chopping is probably as much as it could have came down to a, um, a Todd Bertuzzi situation here also. I mean, it is totally inappropriate to me. I think he deserved a three to five game suspension. I think that that is where it should happen. And because it's not being called, and even this Ben with the two-minute, why don't you do that? Why don't you go after the team's best players? Um, you know, and, and it's interesting. I'm not saying it's payback against a player on Vegas when one does it. But they're saying, well, you know, he didn't even own up. Alex Petrangelo never owned up to his either. He says, we're going to play the game the way it's meant to be played. Well, you never played the game. Department of Player Safety made sure and people think that he had control of his stick to do a slash on the wrist, and it's not the same. Here's what I'm getting. If you're a Vegas fan, correct me if I'm wrong, but how come you can't admit that Alex Petrangelo was totally inappropriate, irresponsible, and it was dangerous to the game and deserved much more, but yet you can find someone who comes against your team, and now it's dangerous. So I, 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 get, I give me a take from, from outside from Vegas. I agree. I, I'm going to hear from Vegas fans. Well, what about Kane and what he did to Colasar in the corner with the extra yeah. punches and jabs and stuff like that? And what about this? And what, and what about Kane's, uh, you know, after whistle on ice, you know, hitting the face, uh, you know, aggression, uh, yeah. in the period. I agree with all that. The problem is, is that any other kind of type of move where it's indirect puck is not in control. That's the key here. And he went after it. And I know that the next day or after the suspension was done, 
when Petrangelo was interviewed, he kind of talked about um, what, what did he, uh, you know, I could be misquoted, but he talked about the fact that, well, they were going after him all night and they were targeting him. And so of course he got frustrated and the emotions, but you got to understand last year, the Calgary Flames went after Leon Dreisaitl's knee and ankle. Frank after really talked about it. Yeah. And the Oilers responded by winning. I get it. That That's the best response you're going to get. But it happens where players target certain areas. Just like, correct me if I'm wrong, Evan, when a player has a weak glove side or a weak blocker yeah. side, are teams not exposing that? Why would they not go yeah. for that? It's just this is more blatant. And he went for the two-handed slash. And yeah. that's where I don't agree. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, Petrangelo still should have gotten two. If Nurse was technically getting one, a call that they did not make in the regular season for a suspension when it happened twice. So, again, inconsistency. And this is, again, I compare this more, the 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 Ben hit on Stone, to Michael Bunting on Eric Cernak because it was outside the play and it was against a dangerous area, which is the neck and the face. And if you're trying to protect it and get that stuff out of the game, that's uncalled for. And according to uh, some people, uh, some insiders in the NHL, when Jamie Ben A, didn't make that statement at the beginning and then B, came out with a statement today that he did kind of not really admitting responsibility and kind of just said it was an accidental yeah. follow through, right? It's not verbatim. That's when people got really upset because he knows better. Jamie Ben has been around a long time. He's been guilty of this before and he plays on the True. edge, but this was just uncalled for. And again, this isn't Mark Stone's back. So, you know. No, nope. but. Well, and, and, and so here's the thing. Um, I, I, I will say, yes, they were going after Stone. There was dirty play by the Oilers going against Mark Stone constantly. I saw yeah. it. I, I, I witnessed yeah. it. I'm like, guys, don't do this because there's going to be retaliation. I, and that yeah. was why I think they lost the series, to be honest. I was worried about the King series the same because they were doing stuff dirty. And so the Oilers played dirty back. And I get it. But here's the thing for Vegas fans who, again, I remember, and, and, and this is not all fans, by the way. I'm just saying the Vegas fans that are saying, if you're going to call something on the other team, you got to own up to your team playing dirty. Yeah. Colasar and Carrier were playing terrible and killing and hurting the Oilers' top six guys constantly. And they yeah. were taking advantage as lower-end guys that could get kicked out, ejected. Um, the Oilers fell for it. And they started well, doing the same. Well, follow through on the stick for, yeah. for what's it called? Yeah. For, uh, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Matthias uh, Eckel. Oh, yeah. There I'm, was, the, there was the, the kind of the brutal hit on, yeah. on Derek Ryan. But, but, but I'm talking, like, yeah, but I, I don't call the Eckholm one. To me, that looked like an accident with the stick getting up and it didn't get well, called. Well, they said it's a yeah. follow through, but still, like, yeah. you okay. saw his eye the next day. But I, I'm talking about slashing and yeah. checking from behind and all that kind of stuff. And that, and that that's kind of got what me a little bit concerned about some of that, I guess, um, oh, with fair. it. But but anyway, uh, ha having having said all that, I think that if you're going to call a player out, I, I don't care about how many games suspension, but I think as a fan, the thing that you need to do is you need to acknowledge your own team if you're going to want to call out another team. And so talk yeah. about your dirty play and acknowledge it. So I on Twitter, I've had some debates with people. I'm you know, And so, it's a sad take, I think, when you cannot admit to your own team and what uh, Alex Petrangelo, frankly, I, if that was regular season, I'd have him out for two weeks. That was ridiculous. So, so and Ben should be out. Add to that, so the one thing that I'll add to that discussion. Yeah. Go ahead, do you want to I was going to say, I just finished. Ben has a history as well. And that is why yeah. I think he got more games uh, in the playoffs. But he again, I don't even think there's. Larkin. 
Um, and so I, I actually think that if it was regular season, you would find two weeks for Ben. So just so anyone's out there, I do not say what Ben did was okay at all. And I do not think that as he says that it was accidental in the hit of the game. So, well, and, and, um, and let's, let's be honest. We all know that the uh, getting more suspensions in the playoffs is kind of like a double in the regular season. So this would technically be four games. Yeah. suspension. It's kind of what they're implying, right? Because yeah. You know, if, if you do it one game, it's like two games in the regular season. A, again, that's that's kind of like the the mythos behind it. But yeah. You know. Well, the one thing I will say, because I know you mentioned fans, and I want to bring it up. So the Dallas Stars had to announce and apologize for the popcorn and the litter and the beers thrown. Yeah. On Aiden Hill and on the ice, you know, and I know Aiden <laughs> Hill played it off at the end of the game during his interview and said, "Well, I guess you know, not everything was getting through, or nothing was getting through." I mean. Um, but at the end of the day, I remember people uh, harping on not only Edmonton fans, but other fans for being ridiculous and throwing beers on the ground and being silly or for being or, or the fan in Vegas showing the, the middle finger to Kane and being rude. Every fan base, regardless of where you are at, even Toronto fans, you get this right for, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. You get this all the time. Being ridiculous and rude. And we do not. Well, I just don't tolerate it. I think it's ridiculous. It takes away from the actual fans who want to enjoy the game. They want to boo. You want to have a good time. You want to have a beer. Hey, don't spend your money throwing beer if you're just going to chuck it on the ice, right? Like, that's yeah. silly. But it's your yeah. money, not mine. Well, but, it, but it's because it's garbage. At players, throwing things on the ice, dirt, litter. New Jersey did it this last year. Remember when they were playing Toronto and they got upset because three other goals got called away? And the yeah. fans got so upset where they were throwing beers and stuff that Lindy Ruff <laughs> and their own players like Jack Hughes had to be like, and Eric Holler were like, no, stop throwing no, stuff. Stop, stop. Again, every fan base has it. Every fan base can can be angry, can boo, can be upset. Once you get into physical altercation or littering, I just, I don't want to talk to you. You can unfollow yeah. me. You don't have to follow us. I don't care. Yeah. Don't oh, care. absolutely. Absolutely. Like you are not uh, a child. But- but I will say one thing I'll give to Dallas. Dallas went and made it publicly. What they did was inappropriate and they apologized. I think the Oilers organization can learn something from that because after what happened, what they should have done is made it known that that was not acceptable. So it showed that they're actually trying to protect the other team. I kind of felt like they were a little ticked off themselves and didn't really care and thought maybe it's an intimidation factor, old school. I don't know. I can tell you, um, and actually, uh, I, Zilstra, I don't know if you're still following here. If you remember this, I believe you took me when we were young. We went in Cranbrook, and we saw the Cranbrook Royals. Old Bob Murdoch was playing. That might have been the game where you got some skates off them, or I don't remember the whole story. But anyway, we were at a game, and it was against the North Shore Winter Club. And the whole crowd of 2,000 people went crazy calling BS on the refs and stuff. And then the ice got littered. It got littered. I, like they, they thought they were going to cancel the game uh, because of some stuff and some crazy stuff on the ice. Um, it happens. That was men's senior men's league hockey, basically, is what that was back then. The only um, letter I ever want to see is the teddy bear toss because it's planned and it's for a good cause. That's the yeah. only litter I want to see on the ice. So ah, uh, There we go. Okay. Um, hey, be, j- just before that, uh, Zilstra did mention something about Makarov. She got three games. Um, I need help, Zilstra, or Makarov, Les Pavel knows. Makar. Oh, Makar. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Well, she Scott. might be. Hey, hey, you know what? She might be uh, voice to text right now. So uh, we'll have to. So yeah, Kale McCarr, three games. I agree. That's, if we were talking about his Kale evil McCarr. twin brother Makarov. <laughs> Kale what, Makarov. It, it, it's like twins from uh, watching the movie with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Okay, go ahead. Evan, I want to get into one thing quickly before we talk a little bit about the Toronto job and the Calgary job. The yeah, new, let's do it. The surroundings. Let's so, do it. I don't know if you saw it today, but Andrew Shaw, former uh, Chicago Blackhawks player, as well as Montreal Canadiens, amongst others, uh, was on an interview for a podcast called Raw Knuckles. And I guess it came out that he made some comments surrounding Kyle Beat's situation. I listened to this podcast. Good following. They had some good talks. Turns out, I mean, he was talking about the broad history of like the franchise, what was going on, and right. the fact that Joe Quinville, who recently uh, was told by Gary Benton himself that no, he cannot come back to coaching because he doesn't feel like he's made progress in terms of bettering himself given that situation. Um, you know, was kind of upset at the fact that Joe Quinville can't coach given his history as a successful coach, which I will agree, I will concede, but. He made comments about the fact that Kyle should have technically stood up for himself and, you know, really dominated that situation by addressing it quickly. And if that had happened to Andrew, he would have, you know, nipped it in the bud to say it very politely. Um, that's not how that situation works, Andrew. I'm sorry. And the fact that he covered not only your rent and your groceries before you made a big buck in the NHL, the fact that you said that this is technically indirectly Kyle Beach's fault, lost a little respect, not only for, again, the Chicago organization, but for Andrew Shaw. And he can at me all he wants. But the guy was your fellow player, and you said you didn't learn about it till later on, which I think reports have shown that that was not true. But to throw him under the bus that it's his fault, even though Kyle Beach was assaulted, and then this guy went on to Columbus and a few other places and assaulted younger men... I just don't tolerate yeah. that take, and I thought it was a bad take. Yeah. It's great for viewership for uh, uh, Ron Knuckles' podcast. Good for them. Maybe we can get a player and say something controversial <laughs> one day in the future. But I, I don't know, Evan. I, I think Kyle Beach has gone through enough. The organization has got off very easily for how they handled that situation. And to be now awarded, and it has nothing to do with it, to be awarded Connor Bedard, it's a bit of a slap in the face all around. So I think I'm going to continue to stand with Kyle Beach and, and support him because he went through a lot. And I don't think that take by Andrew Shaw is going to be, uh, it's not going to do him well long-term, but that's just my thoughts. Your thoughts. Well, uh, well, okay. Regarding uh, Shaw, I didn't actually hear it. I just saw the follow-up to it. And I saw some of the quotes that I was guessing were true uh, that were coming out of that situation. hundred um, percent agree with you on Andrew Shaw. Andrew Shaw should really keep his mouth shut. Um, I, I'm willing to go to a back alley with someone like Shaw. He can beat the crap out of me all he wants. But I'm going to say this. I am a survivor of abuse. And I understand what Kyle maybe went through. Just because, Shaw, you were a tough guy. You could feel that you could do whatever you want to someone. Um, not just about money. There's so much more to deal with the psychological game of control. And uh, I, I frankly think that he should have kept his mouth shut, even if he felt like that. He comes across pretty bad. I think he's lost a lot of respect right across the league. Uh, Might have got hits for the show, but uh, Andrew Shaw is, is forever going to be, you know, uh, tagged now with being, you know, I'm just going to say it, an a-hole. 
um, you know, with that. So uh, I didn't, like I said, hear it. I don't even think I want to go back to hear it. I think it's sick. Um, having said that, um, I'm totally, as well as Kyle Beach was actually represented uh, as an agent, someone who's been on our show. You can check him out under former guest. We're Daryl Wolski at 2112 Hockey Agency. Um, so yeah, go go check out if you're looking. By the way, if you're a player, uh, whether you have kids, uh, whether you have uh, loved ones, or you're just trying to get back into hockey anywhere around the world, um, and do it at some type of a pro level to be paid. Daryl Wolski's your man, man. Give him a check out. One of our former guests, Daryl Wolski. Um, but I would like to say that uh, I, 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 I'm totally disgusted. Uh, the fact that people actually are still thinking about the number one pick and Connor Bedard has nothing to do with Kyle Beach. That was over how many years ago? Yeah, they, the first round draft pick. And I know that stuff came out. Um, this is not a discussion going in the past. But when people feel like it's not fair, essentially it could be next year first. It could be the next year first or the next year first. People are going to feel like that all the time because they're mad at the Chicago organization. They have done their best to try to separate themselves. Uh, the only thing left in place is the ownership. And I know you can't change someone's mind if they think that they knew or did not know. We we have our opinions. and we're, It's like if you have a party, a political party you vote for – how many of you actually change your opinion on that political party, even though you hate the person in charge? I mean, generally speaking, uh, that's kind of like that for hockey. It's kind of like that for your takes. It's a confirmation bias, and we all believe our own bias. You know, even here on this show, we got our own bias, right? For me, the goalie's never wrong, right? So uh, okay, anyway. Well, you were wrong about one thing, so we'll get into it. because it's, Let's do it. Let's do it. But this is a perfect segue. So let's okay. talk about the shenanigans that are happening in Toronto. Because uh, I, I like that. Is out. We had a bit of a, a spat about this privately behind the scenes. We were texting each other. And yeah. I just loved, you know, for, for shits and giggles, to call you out the fact that you said Kyle Dubas is staying. Now, yes, I'm taking a snippet out of our podcast, which was episode 30, 33 or 31. And you talked about it. Uh, yeah. But he's out. He's gone. It looks like. The Pittsburgh job is his to lose from reports. He's already in Pittsburgh right now. He's had dinner with Sidney Crosby. That's the reports now um, because I know that that was their plan A. Then they went to plan B, but they've already told a lot of their candidates like Mark Bergevin, um, like Mark Hunter, not so much. Brendan Shanahan. I put this squarely on him, Evan, and I think he has left a really chaotic hole left in the organization, regardless of how the team does, because now you don't know what's happening with Matthews. You don't know what's happening with your roster and the draft is just around the corner. What are your thoughts on that press conference and what's going on in Toronto? Well, first of all, I love it when you call me out because then it means that I got to do my homework and go back. So uh, I I do remember, I think it was episode 31. Uh, It was 31 or 33, but I'm pretty sure it was 31. Uh, we, we actually, we had a couple episodes that we talked around this, Yes, we did. my, my, my take, and I had a hard time getting that take out because you were misunderstanding my take. My take was everyone was saying that if they don't get out of that first round, he's not coming back. And I was telling people that there's no one better. They, this is who they want. There's a couple things I did not know at that time also, uh, but fair enough. Um, I was saying, here was my take. It was not that, uh, it was that. The Toronto Maple Leafs did not want to get rid of him, that they wanted to bring him back. That was my take. I was trying to make a point that had nothing to do with his record. With what they had, they weren't going to get better. Now, 
what he did coming out publicly, there was issues that we didn't know about. One of the issues that we did not know about was that he had a lot of trouble making trades, making calls on the ice, yeah. things that he wanted to do, certain yeah. players that had to play, how much they were going to play. Uh, he did not have full autonomy. That yeah. was from Brendan Shanahan. Yes. Um, and he started to not feel. So when he talked about family, what we were trying to figure out was what's going on behind the scenes. Now, when he started saying stuff that was supposed to be kept quiet by Brendan Shanahan, who yeah. I have said on this show, if anyone needs to go, it's Brendan yes. Shanahan. Um, and it was just because it was hey, his guy. Well, and why? I mean, even before him, right? Going back to Lou Lamarillo and all the different people. This but was all Shanahan over Mark Hunter. Do you not remember the debate? Oh yeah, Mark oh yeah. Hunter versus yeah. him. Sorry. Absolutely, Abs absolutely, absolutely. Because he was his boy that he was training. But see, yeah. it's his boy, and he's training, and he's getting what he wants. And what people didn't know is the purse strings and the things on the ice that should not be a responsible of the president of hockey operations were his still. And Shanahan was making him, and Dubis was super frustrated. Dubis takes the hits, not Shanahan. Yep. People yep. blame Dubis, and that stress was obviously driving him. So he made this ploy. I actually thought he was just going to walk away, but then he made this ploy to make more money and get a bigger car because yep. I don't think there was much increase. And he was like, "If I'm staying, I'm getting good money." Six, six to but, seven million but, is what reported he but, was asking for. Let, this hasn't come out yet, but this is what I've kind of heard is, is this possible? And we're going to find out over time, obviously, and maybe in some book someone writes, but was this ploy and what he did already knowing how mad Shanahan was a good way to get out of the franchise by having them say he's gone, yeah, hurting the franchise and doing that and freeing him immediately from the franchise to be able to get somewhere because you don't want to wait till after July 1st. Yeah. Otherwise yeah. he would have had to wait. So this is some of the in behind stuff. And like you said, he's over in Pittsburgh. Um, I can tell you one thing right now. He is asking with Fenway sports for a 100% autonomy. Yes. And he is also looking for a good contract. So yeah. it's going to be, but he'll take some of those boys with him. The fact Jason Spezza, I, I think he's early in, in the management scene, but Jason Spencer resigning. There was a reason there was a that reason. Was, and that is what I think was a red flag for me because Jason Spencer loved by a lot of people in the yeah. hockey community. He is respected. He's taken a discount. He played for his hometown. He really contributed. He played in the Marlies when he needed to, he kept his mouth shut to this older guy. Yeah. And as soon as Dubas got fired, red flags came up when Spezza left because he knew something that he didn't like. And I know yeah. there's a lot of people that are still in the organization that were Dubas people, but I got to be honest with you. I think this is on Shanahan. And again, he picked his guy. He made this happen. Yeah. Now, whether or not he wants to keep the, you know, the core as it is, because there's now rumblings from Chris Johnson saying he may keep all four guys, whether that's true or not. How do you, how do you come back? And I, I don't put this on Dubas. He did the best he could. Now, I'm not going to go out there and say Toronto fans, he was the best GM in the world. He learned on the job. He was young. He started when he yeah, was 27 yeah. as an a AGM. But he did the best he could. And if you hear how difficult it was to make some of the decisions, and he did favor, you know, Sault Ste. Marie guys. Yeah. But here's the thing. He did what he could. He paid out these big contracts. But when your top four guys, your Matthews, your Martyrs, your Nylanders, and your John Tavares, who are making – one third or like pretty much yeah one third of the uh, salary cap you're not performing 
even if yeah. you're including Morgan Riley, that's not on the GM. That's on the players. And they yeah. did not perform that well, not even versus Tampa. But Tampa Bay was weak, exhausted, yeah. injured, and they just barely got through. And Vasilevsky oh. was not otherworldly. So, And as you can tell, give credit and kudos to the Panthers because they rocked it. So I think there's a okay. lot of turmoil in there. There's definitely going to be a lot of things. Now, don't yeah. get us wrong. There are people in place, like the scouts, ready for the draft. But the problem is you have contracts to sign. you got to build a roster for next season. you got to see who's coming. Because players like Luke Shen, players like Ryan yeah. O'Reilly, are you bringing them back? So now I know there's been rumblings, and you've talked about it before, Brad Tree Living coming in potentially being the favorite right now. And we're going to get to Calgary in just a second. But your thoughts yeah. on him coming in because they want a veteran experienced GM. Can we leave everyone holding on that for just a moment? Because I'm looking at the time and I want to get to this, guys. But we want to keep mentioning because some of you join us late. Uh, guys, make sure that you join us every Wednesday right here at 7 p.m. You can follow us on Twitter at Hockey underscore 2 for Pavel. You can follow me at Revanav. Follow us every uh, um, Wednesday, as well as just a shout out to our partners, the Sports Empire Network. They do all podcasts of all sports that are hanging out there and give us the stream that we're able to come to you live, as well as a big shout out to JR Web Designs. Guys, check them out. They're right on our Facebook page. We now have open that run this thing. So it's twoguysinhockeytalk.com. Follow us on all the media streams. You there you can read our blogs. We got a new blog up to today directly about some of the stuff we're talking about from Pavel, myself. If you want to be a writer, come on and enjoy, as well as follow all of our former guests that are there. And Penny Billionaires, when we go out tonight, if you haven't heard our new song, we have the exclusive rights to thanks to our partnership with Penny Billionaires Electronic Hard Rock Band. All right, let's come back to Brad Trelliving. <laughs> all right, uh, let's yeah. Up. Okay, so... Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned now that I know about the Shanahan situation, um, spinning chicklets. I, I don't know if you got to see it. Spinning chicklets just, uh, had an episode with Rick five. I'm not sure if you saw the episode with Rick five, but what I happened, not, I did not get a chance. Okay. To my so, to listen so, my so Rick the, five is the, talking I about been so consumed with Toronto media in terms of so, what's been going on. No, anyway. but this, this is a part of it though. Yes, that, yeah. that, that's what I'm so Rick Vive had a run-in with Brendan Shanahan. So Rick Vive is known in Toronto. He's a legend in Toronto. He's a 50 goal scorer. He's done, but later in his career, when he was in Buffalo, as well as previously, uh, he had been with Toronto and another I try to remember he was with three or four teams. Uh, but anyway, Brendan Shanahan was a young guy coming into the New Jersey Devils where he was drafted. And it's interesting because he says he never got an autograph from Rick Vibe. Now, Rick Vibe says, I don't remember that at all. But the first time they met each other, literally, he went after him in a fight and pummeled him into the ice. And Rick he, Vibe just said on the show today about what you got something different you want to talk about? No, no, no. You're right. Vancouver. He started with Vancouver, Toronto for a very long time, Chicago, and then finished with Buffalo in between with Rochester Americans, back to Buffalo, back to Hamilton, Tiger Cats. And then that was it. Yeah. Tiger Cats? Uh, no, no. Hamilton Canucks. Sorry. Who's Sorry, that, Rick I'm, Five? Yeah, Rick Vive in uh, 92, 93 in the so AHL. So uh, 92, oh, at the end of his career? Yeah. Sorry, oh, okay. my, uh, my my brain is on oh. CFL, so it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's cool. I was getting, you know, Detroit tight. No, that's Lions. Um, so anyway... Yeah, he started in Vancouver. That was one season. So, okay. No, well, that, that's interesting. And then he went to Toronto? 
Yeah, for several seasons. Okay. Before yeah, well, Chicago. okay, no, that's great. So anyway, so with Rick Vive, he shares on how he just got pummeled to the ice and he asked him what that was about. And he says, you never signed an autograph for me when I was a kid. You know, it's just, so I want to bring this up because I think Brendan Shanahan is petty. I, and I don't <laughs> mind saying that. No, I honestly do. I could bring you up stories of his career when we were following him in his changes. Um, I've heard stories around agents and stuff like that, that I don't always believe. But I'm sorry, seeing what I've saw, you can only go by what we see. And I understand it's behind the scenes. But, you know, if that Rick Vibe, and I'm going to trust Rick Vibe, Brendan. And if he's saying that you got upset about an autograph, your first NHL game, you got to fight the guy because you're mad at him, which he doesn't even remember, um, and which is something he never did. And you're dealing with this stuff in public. I think you could have dealt with this more professionally. Maybe he wishes he had. Um, so but I, I, I feel like he does not take the blame for anything. And right now, if I'm a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, I feel screwed because I don't think that Dubas is a god. I don't think that it's not they can't recover. I think the backlash from this is going to affect them. And I wonder if Brad Living wants to go to somewhere he does not have full autonomy because that's what he did not have in Calgary. He did not have full autonomy. It was being run by owners. Don Mahoney was doing his own stuff as the president of hockey operations. So, uh, which can bring us to them in just a moment. Um, I'm starting to debate if Brad will take the job, even if he could get it. I think he will because it's a prestigious job. There's a lot of people who'd be interested in the job. And you do have a good um, set holder already in place. So, similar when Ken Hollett started at Edmonton, you have these, you know, yeah, different players like different ownership, though. Are you going to go where they're telling you what you don't get it wrong, but it's right. So, you think you think so? You feel that Brad would take a job where he was already told what to do, where everything flew on him for the Kachuk and Goudreau stuff, not on the ownership, not on dealing with the coach, where you're told, see, I don't know if Brad's going to do that because I don't know if he cares about prestige. He's he's been around long enough that he can have a great job, but it's money, money can also speak volumes. So, if he gets off, he's got he's got money though. Oh, agreed. I don't yeah. get me wrong. But again, it's so. the lucrative job of being the, what's it called? The, yeah. the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, like the Mecca. Of oh, yeah. A lot of people, I think, would enjoy that job and that challenge. And Brad Tree Living, as everyone knows from Calgary, he keeps a lot of things close to the best. And he does Absolutely. a lot of good things, right? He he made Calgary competitive for a very long time. And say what you want, he's brought in some big names and had to get rid of some players that, albeit didn't want to stay there. You know, most notably, you think about Adam Fox, who didn't want to play there and now is a New York Ranger. But but there's a lot of players that went through there. True. And he made, you know, Calgary competitive. We'll talk about Calgary in just a sec. But the way I see Brandon Shanahan is that it looks bad on both sides. This isn't just a pro Dubas and bad Shanahan. Both of them look bad in the situation. It does not look good when your dirty laundry is aired out. However, no. the challenge I think with with Brendan Shanahan is that he, he is in such a position of authority that he did not want to look like he was losing uh, the negotiations. Yeah, and I think because Kyle came out and talked on that presser, which he advised him not to do, Shanahan on Monday, and then he talked about his family, and that was brought up. And I know that some people, you know, harped on Dubas for doing that, which every person's gonna uh, advocate for themselves. That's, that's yeah. part of the world, right? But Shanahan looked like or felt maybe like he lost the argument. And let's be, let's talk about this completely oh, yeah. because this we knew going into the season that there was no contract extension for Kyle Dubas, and a lot of it was riding on their playoff success. So 
management and Brendan Shanahan left themselves vulnerable to that position that within a week's time of last week, that's when all this emerged and that's when they yeah. made their decision. Apparently he made a decision driving on the 401 or 403 or 405 in, in Toronto, which can be hectic for anybody watching, right? If they live in that area, they know. Okay, Zilcher writes, all players, presidents of hockey operations need to back off. To some extent, I agree. It, it really depends. But again, it I depends. think that relationship soured after several years. I think it's like six, seven years so, together. So, so what, what would you say, just, just to value your point, when you say depends so it's not vague, what, what is the difference of whether they should back off or not? For like, like, what would be an example when you think a president of hockey operations should be more involved for, for trades versus... and for potentially trading one of the top four? Really? Shanahan, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because what's the GM's job then? What's the point of a GM? Evan? <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, no, 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 with... no, no. President of hockey operation, you mean? Because we, no, the, the GM's the GM job is to trade. Deciding that, but the president is now saying to his teammates he called the four key guys the Nylanders, the marners the Matthews, and said <laughs> yeah you guys potentially aren't being moved like you guys are somewhat safe now again it's vague <laughs> it's not written in stone things can change but when you're saying that to your top key guys and you know you need a change who's making yeah. that decisions and again oh. apparently it was dubis went to shanahan okay. shanahan went to the board and then the owners and then vice versa down yeah. till the decision so, was agreed upon. Okay, I, I'm kind of confused on your answer. So <laughs> what I'm asking, you're saying that general managers should be in. I'm saying, why should the president of hockey operations be more involved? Like you said, sometimes. Oh, so what? what's the occasion that a president should be more involved? Because the president of hockey is trying to do the business side of hockey. Okay, but what 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 is it that you think that they need to be involved in a decision? What the like what decision? Goal and friend, the where you're going as a franchise. What direction are you heading? What is the vision of the team? Apart from if, trying to get the. But if you out. tell me as a general manager that I don't have autonomy to make the decisions on players, uh, and I gotta sell you on it. And I came in thinking that I have that ability because some presidents let you do it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I can tell you right now that we, all we have to look at is the Oilers and Shirelli, right? The trade of yeah. all. Um, he didn't really run it. He ran it by, but they pretty much Austin. gave him full autonomy. Yeah. I mean, well, he was actually told to sign that contract. That That's what another. Yeah. Why yes, he was. Him? Yes, he, okay. I believe he was. There, there was a lot to I, lead I us to that because he was fired a few days later. So I don't know. No, nope. and, and it was brought out that he he actually brought that to mention. That was already decided, and it was an ownership panel that decided on that. I think we're, it, I think we're saying the same thing, maybe just not in the same yeah. words. So, so, it is so semantics, but I agree. Like there, there is some okay. things that they should be involved in. And again, as as we used to learn from our former boss, who's now retired. Uh, uh, poop flows upward, right? So they don't want to be surprised by what something comes up their way. So they just want to be updated. However, yeah. they can make suggestions. They can yeah. make, like, I think, for example, the Matt Murray uh, signing or trade from Ottawa, I think that was all Dumas. He brought the guy that he believed in. And I'm sure people in the organization said, don't do it. That's a bad idea. He's injury prone. But Dumas stuck to his guns and forced it and made the argument. And it's okay to have debate and, and people who can say, you know what, Evan, don't bring this guy in. I don't believe he's what you believe he is. And you can say, well, actually, analytically or the eye test, whatever, we believe in him. 
we got to bring him in. So at the end of the day, there's going to be banter, but as a GM, you should have somewhat like 90% to 100% full autonomy in deciding within yeah. reason. Of course, you don't want to go crazy, but I think if a hockey, um, a president of hockey is involved, you have to yeah. establish that rapport at the beginning. Yeah. And I think that's, what's going to happen with Brad tree living and with, if he's brought in and with Bron- Brendan Shanahan. But enough okay. about that because we've Okay, been, no, yeah, well, no, you haven't given me a chance to respond on that either, oh, though. Okay. Uh, okay, so Zilster says nope. Um now let let me just Towards say what, what I uh, yeah, well, yeah, Zilster, she doesn't he doesn't know what uh, the nope means to nope towards which he said a lot of things in that small amount of time. Um I just want to say this is the difference to me. Um, a franchise player, when you get hired as a GM, it should be noted. This is our franchise player. If you want to move this player, Austin Matthews, Matthews, then that requires us. Mitch Marner, you you can't make every play. Maybe two players, but you can't say this is who we protect. Um, And that could be Edmonton too. That could be in uh, Kane and Taze, all that stuff, but dating back. That's my opinion. However, I do think that when you have a new general manager and you're bringing in which I know we were going to talk about. We only got a few minutes. I guess we're going to end with Calgary um, and we'll go over there. Um, but in the situation, say in Calgary, and those will lead into it. Um, when you got a new GM that's at an NHL level, even like when Kyle Dubas came in, yeah. I think that was the problem. He came in and knew that he probably didn't have some of that autonomy, yes. thought he earned that autonomy. So let's be yes. fair to Shanahan. So there you go, Brendan. If you ever listen to the show one day, uh, you will know that I am saying that there is another side to your story. And that is that, that that the fact is, is Dubas probably wanted more, wasn't going to get it. And maybe that's what he should have negotiated. If I'm going to stay, I want more autonomy. If not, then I'm going to have to just look elsewhere because that's what I'm looking for. You could have done it more peacefully, obviously. Uh, but that's, I think, a president of hockey operations, if Ken Holland moves over at the end of next year, but moves into a president only and then, helps mentor that new person. But I think there needs to be a time. You can't go more than two or three years and you got to pass over the full reins outside of going to ownership for a franchise player or two. Anyway, that's my well, take. Well, Let's move over. What happened there with, with Ron Hextall and Brian Burke and both of them brought being brought in, you know, and Hextall being officially the GM. And then I think Burke was the president of hockey operations, but involved in some of the decision-making and it didn't work out. Right. I mean, you know, they made some decisions questionable and now, they Did you read the articles job. today? Did you read the what? article from Rossi today? Rob I Rossi? Not yet. Okay. Oh, uh, so, yes, I did. Yes. With, with, with yeah, it's, it's quite long. It's quite long. Yeah. Evgeny yeah. Malkin and whatnot. So yeah. well, we'll, we'll get into it next week. I do want to just mention one thing, and I want your quick initial thoughts. It's a short thing. So the Buffalo Sabres have signed their captain, Kyle Pozo, to a one-year $2.5 million. Props to him. Some people online think this is an overpay. Evan, what are your thoughts? Um, oh yeah, about, I, I think he's thirty-six years two, old. I, I, th- I think it's two point five. Yeah, um, it is two point five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from heavy hitters, Jennifer uh, uh, Ad, uh, he was talking about it too, and I found it actually quite interesting. Um, so here's my take: it's a one-year contract. It's a little high for an older guy at his stage, but he's a veteran. Uh, he's experienced, and they right now the cap is not an issue for them for next year. I think he's a great guy to keep there for a year, but I wouldn't pay him to go on another team that's doing whatever uh, at, at two and a half million still. So I don't think it's a big deal at one year at that kind of numbers. I mean, you know, essentially, Hey, he, I, w- I would take probably Kyle Pozo over a Warren Fogel in Edmonton 
and Warren's making much more money. So, you know, that's true. That's so, true. He is younger, uh, but yeah. 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 But I guess it depends what you're looking for. I think Buffalo needs leadership and I Kyle mean, supposedly is a very good guy dealing with that. In fact, we're going to talk about, need. yeah. And we're, we, next week, uh, I'd like, uh, after we get through the flyer stuff with Jamie Basco, I'd like to maybe talk, if we can start getting into some UFA players that uh, are going to be available, whether they stay uh, and sign or whether they find right. new homes and stuff. So, okay, uh, let's well, do a quick update. UFAs or ones that are coming up, uh, congrats to K- Craig Conroy on becoming the new GM of the and there's gonna there's a lot of happiness around this. There's a lot of buzz around the Calgary Flames organization because he talked about it in his press. I don't know if you watched it. It was very intriguing. He really wants to make room for younger guys. So the Jacob Pelcher, the Dutson Wolves, who really came out and really dominated in the AHL, and yeah. Jacob Pelcher had an elite season. And of course, finding a, a, a new coach, uh, potentially Andrew Burnett's name has been out there. But your initial thoughts around this? I love their coach. That it's going to be love. Their Calgary Wrangler coach will be. You heard it here. The next. Oh, Calgary yes. Flames coach. Um, I think he's going to go with Conroy. Um, I think as well as I think you're going to see um, Huska back on the bench uh, working with uh, Love. I think we, that's, should, we, should, we should mention that we know one of the Huskas. Yeah, Brent, this is, it, I believe, whether they first or second cousins, something cousins, along yeah, that line. Yeah, yeah. Brent, Brent uh, is where I kind of got my writing start with Oilers Jambalaya back in the day. Brent Huska, uh, we don't have him on our former guest yet. He will be going on there so you can link in. Guys, we're trying to get him uh, there. Who is that? Uh, so uh, I, I, I'm thinking when you said who that. Uh, oh, Brett Huska. He's been on the show before. but his, um, uh, I don't know if that's what Zilser is referring to. She might mean love. So love, if you mean the coach, oh. love has been the coach of the Calgary Wranglers, um, which has everyone considers him the, pretty much the next coach in waiting yes. to come out he's of the minor pro. Yeah, yeah. Not he's just for a year, but he's been year, for years. Right? Yeah, a couple times. Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of like the next John Cooper, Jay Woodcroft uh, kind yeah. of uh, a player. I just didn't know if it was an experienced guy coming in. I thought he's going to bring in an experience. But you know what? If you're going with Craig Conroy, why bring in these guys who are rehashed? Go with yeah. what you know. If you're going to play young, let's kind of go into it. Um, well, and, and now, hang on. The, oh, Pelche. Jacob Pelche. Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay. Young guy playing on the top six minutes. Yeah. So when they're draft picks. It, they, have a lot of, they have a lot of business and a lot of things to do on top of coach. They got some players on one-year contracts left and a few unexpired these veterans. So you got Tyler Toffoli coming off a great season with one more year left. Lucic has done his contract. What does that look like? You know, yeah. you have Elias Lindholm, who I know apparently there's been reports that Carolina had interest in him at the deadline, right? And he's your top-line center. And he wasn't really happy with how things went. He's uh, coming back. You have, you have someone like Michael Backlund. He's back? No, I said Lindholm will be playing for the Flames on a longer well, he's contract. He's got one more year left. He's got yeah, one no, I, I, I think he signs. I think he's going to sign oh, an extension. Yeah, well, I think with the change. The Barzell, Barzell and Horvat contract. That's fair. Eight, eight point five million start. Um, it, it's going to be a little harder. It will be a little harder just because of the fact that he had a down year, right? So yeah, you're looking at people in the back end. Uh, Zadorov, he's done. Like, what is that going to look like? You know, and then in net. Who are you coming back with? Most likely Vidar is out if Dustin Wolf is coming in and going to be your yeah. backup playing 20 to 30 games next season. He'll be able to trade Vidar. But do you trade Vidar or do you trade Markstrom now with somebody yeah. who with his term? And I think he's got two years left on six million. So 
Yeah. You go um, with that, right? Well, yeah, and that and that's going to be a, a, a tough sell. You know how it is, everyone. Bobrovsky, they were trying to say they're going to pay half of his $10 million bucks, And they, like even Edmonton had interest potentially before Campbell. And and do you send a draft pick back and they eat half the cap? And, and now Bobrovsky uh, is, look what he's doing, right? I mean, yeah. they will be in the Stanley Cup final. Um, you know what I mean? It's just so, so you got to be careful with the goalie thing. I'd be careful on Markstrom. Um, you, uh, I see people down in Huberto guys. It's a one-off season. It's the worst season really of his career. Um, he was playing with a lot of struggles where he was, you know, it's going to change. It's going yeah. to change. Um, and I think Markstrom will be there, but you're right. I just don't think it's, it's tradable at this exact moment. Cause who would he go to that? He's going to be open. And I believe there might be a, so uh, teams are looking for a goalie. Buffalo, right now, they're looking for a goalie. Pittsburgh, because they don't have Yari signed. And Casey DeSmith is kind of wishy-washy yeah. again. They don't too have costly. Buffalo. Too costly. I know Buffalo yeah. has been interested also in a goalie. I know they have, uh, what's his yeah. name coming up through? I, um, yeah, Devin. Uh, Devin. Rookie. Oh, Devin Levi. Devin, Devin, Devin Levi. Devin, Devin Levi. Levi, right? Yeah, so he's yeah. coming well, up. Yeah. You know, and, and, and Craig Anderson yeah. had retired and, you know. They're, they're good. I, I think Buffalo's good. Uh, I, I think that uh, Pittsburgh well, is too expensive. In Hellebuck, so we'll, we'll talk about that next week. So, well, yeah. interesting. I haven't heard that. So. Well, because Hellebuck okay, is on well, the year. And they're very we, we've, uh, we, we've run our time, man. Uh, All we've right. run so our time. So on Calgary. We'll, we'll finish it up. But final thoughts on Calgary, Evan. I'm um, no, I, I think it was the right choice. It was the right choice. Craig Conroy, we talked about in the show, mentioned it quite a while back. Um, it, I think we just weren't sure if they were going with experience. They said it's not a rebuild. Um, it's kind of a retool, but they are going to take a step back. Um, hopefully they can make the playoffs next year, but don't be thinking about a title. Um, and, if they make a title, it's a bonus. And we're going to probably know next week, given that Alberta has their election on Monday. Whether or not that arena that is arena. approved, depending on who gets in place. So as people recall, we talked about it. Mm-hmm. The UCP uh, team has announced that they would fund portion of the arena funds. So wow. that could potentially be another big success win for the Calgary Flames organization, which they needed. So remember, wow. guys, we're finishing up every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We are here. We are on Facebook with our articles. We got our website, Two Guys in Hockey Talk. Um you can check us out with all their articles. Uh, we're trying to post weekly. We're getting more writers. That's coming. We are on Twitter. You can follow Evan at Revenev. You can follow me at Hockey underscore two. We are partnering with Sports Empire. We love hearing from you guys. We love seeing and interacting with you guys, so long as it's respectfully. And we love the playoffs because they are wild, as well as the Memorial Cup coming up. That is something that Evan's going to be keeping an eye on because he loves his prospects and his young guns. I need, I need time. I, I, I need, I need time to start talking about prospects and what's going on around with the Memorial Cup, brother. I've been missing it because there's so much NHL stuff going on. So, guys, in the meantime and in between time, keep your sticks on the ice. Stay safe.
time to break the tie. I'll live, I'll die for what is 